Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6, and 13 through 18, and from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verses 43 through 51. The Reverend Paul Gaffney is preaching. His sermon is titled, Greater Things Than These. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. Here are a couple of highlights. Today we will have Perspectives at 11.30 a.m. with Dr. John Prescott. This will be the second installation of his three-part class titled Three Musical and Spiritual Journeys for the Winter. I hope you'll join us. This Wednesday, the 20th, we will have a simple service of Taze at 7.30 p.m. via Zoom. In a week filled with anticipation, I invite you to join us and rest in candlelight and prayer chants. And finally, at the start of the year, the Presbytery requires statistical reports from each church. You'll see in our written announcements a request from our clerk, Helen Yoon Trowbridge, for members of 7th Avenue to please email her with your full birth date, including the birth dates of any children in your household. So I thank you for taking a moment to do that. And now, in preparation for worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God. O God, you search us and know us. You understand our thoughts. And are familiar with the habits of our being. You are all around us, choosing us in love. And we respond with awe and reverence. Let us worship God who knows us and dwells with us. Yes, alleluia, amen. You search me and you Oh 
Let us pray. Loving God, for the gift of life, we give you thanks. When we acknowledge your presence in, through, and around us, we offer praise. When we miss your abundance, forgive us. Expand our hearts and imaginations to trust you more fully as we open our eyes to see and believe. And now in silence, we continue in prayer to you. God knows us and loves us. God stays with us, giving us many opportunities to live into the fullness of who we are. Believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and made whole. Psalm 139, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light 
we may see light, that in your truth we may find freedom, that in your will we may discover your peace. Amen. O God, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O God, you know it completely. For you hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. sign of love forever 
reading from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, beginning with verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you come to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Here ends the reading. Good morning. It's an honor to be addressing you again on this second Sunday after the Epiphany. And what an Epiphany it was this year. In the midst of a pandemic, a hotly contested election gave way to what some are calling an insurrection. At the very least, a crowd of very angry people made a very big mess. Their anger acted out in violent ways. It wasn't lost on me that this happened on the day of Epiphany, the day that we commemorate the arrival of God incarnate here on earth, the day that the Magi brought gifts of adoration to the Christ child, born in a lowly manger. There seems to be so much uncertainty and instability in our country right now. I'm pretty sure that I've held my breath through the last weekend and into this week, and it's still kind of unreal. The impact of this event and its consequences are yet to be fully realized. As a nation, we are enduring trauma on top of trauma, some of us more vulnerable than others. Poverty rates continue to rise. People are dying every day of a currently incurable disease while others deny its very existence. It's just too much to take in, too much to process, too much to hold. And so it had completely uh, slipped my mind that tomorrow is the day that we celebrate and honor the legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., I would have forgotten completely if I hadn't been asked to be on a panel at the University of Redlands where I'm employed as a certified clinical pastoral educator. It's not the first time that this has happened that I've forgotten 
that it's Martin Luther King Day. And not just because so much else is going on, but also because, well, I'm a white man. And I have the privilege of occasionally forgetting days like this. I live with that privilege. I live with the privilege of remembering Dr. King in the ways that I want to, when I want to, if or when it is convenient for me. Oh, nice. I have Monday off. Indeed, this day is mired in white privilege, hindered by racism, and has, since its ratification in 1983 by President Ronald Reagan, served the American public a whitewashed, watered-down, gentle remembrance of Dr. King. In 1986, when the holiday was first officially celebrated, only 27 states and Washington, D.C. honored it. And South Carolina only just signed a bill naming the day as a paid holiday in 2000. So, as a white man, like so many other white men, I have this privilege to forget. I have this privilege to sift through his words and find the ones that I deem inspirational and non-threatening and comfortable. I have that privilege, and I am able to live into it without reflection, taking my cues from a colonizing government that has co-opted a man's message following his murder and offered as a token, a one day a year, and in so many cities named roads after him that pass through the poorest neighborhoods as a reminder of our division and the reality that a person can be killed for getting out of line or speaking out of turn or telling the truth. It's a very old story, white men co-opting the message of a man of color who speaks truth to power and gathers a following because that truth lives deep inside every one of us, and particularly in the most powerless. It sparks a burning desire to live in freedom and justice and to walk in love. True love, not a sentimental lovey-dovey love, but a love that exerts the power to transform hearts and minds, the power to shift the status quo. These messages are co-opted because they threaten the very fabric of a society stitched by dominance and woven out of theft, slavery, and murder. Because the message of love is powerful. Because compassionately walking in love is powerful. Because gracefully speaking the truth in love is powerful. And for people who hold positions of power acquired through acts of unquenchable greed, hatred, and delusion, the thought of losing that power, letting it go, or having it taken away or redistributed is unthinkable, unacceptable, unheard of. And so there is this cycle of trying to kill these messengers of love in order to attempt to preserve these temporary positions of power. And when the messengers are killed and the message still remains, those who hold power will take that message, twist it, and distort it until it is palatable, until it is no longer threatening, until they can swallow it and say, ah, well, that's not so bad after all. See what a good thing we have done.
As I reflect on our gospel this morning, as Jesus sets out to call his followers to him, I pondered the question of how we choose to follow who we follow. How do we decide what people to get behind? How do we assess their character? What guides us in making that assessment? As Nathaniel, uh, initially skeptical that anything good could come out of Nazareth, walks toward Jesus, Jesus sees something in him. He feels a certain vibe from him. And he states that Nathaniel is an honest man. What you see is what you get, not a deceitful bone in his body. And Nathaniel was taken aback by this. Maybe you've had a similar experience. Maybe somebody read you in a way that surprised you with its accuracy. And so it's not surprising that Nathaniel's next move is to question Jesus. How do you know me? Where do you know me from? And Jesus simply answers, "Uh, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Nathaniel's response is immediate. Oh, wow. You really are the son of God, the king of Israel. And now Jesus is bewildered, wondering why Nathaniel is so quick to make these proclamations. You believe because I said I saw you? That's nothing. Just you wait. I think what Jesus is doing here is cautioning Nathaniel and us about too quickly jumping on someone's bandwagon. Jesus is inviting reflection and consideration of how we see what we see in people. Jesus doesn't affirm Nathaniel's assertion. He doesn't echo Nathaniel's ascription of the titles Son of God and King of Israel. Instead, Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. And there is a certain humility here in his refusal to accept these worldly labels that are ascribed to him by someone else. And maybe it's everything that's been going on over the last year or four years or 400 years But I also read in this a warning that the truth will be revealed in a leader's actions. You will see greater things than these. Heaven will open up and angels will move back and forth. Jesus is inviting Nathaniel to think bigger. To not be convinced by initial impressions, but to wait for the angels. To wait for the action. Dr. King called upon those angels. Indeed, he called upon us to do the work of those angels. He said, when machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. 
He also said, True compassion is more than flinging a coin at a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. And also, anybody can serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. The fruits are apparent. People matter more than profit and property. True compassion and loving, grace-filled service of others are the way that this work appears in the world. So, my friends and relations, I invite us all to look for those places where heaven opens up, where the angels stir and move us to do the work of angels ourselves, the work of service, of compassion, grace, and love, knowing that transformation is possible, transformation of ourselves and transformation of our world. Amen. We believe in God, who speaks to us in many ways, calling us to hear with the ears of our hearts. We believe in Christ, who meets us in the midst of the mundane, transforming it to a place of challenge and blessing. We believe in Holy Spirit, who enables us to come and see, empowering us to be trustworthy people of God. This we believe. Amen.
Let us pray. Spirit of truth, incarnation of love, we give you thanks for the ways you move and breathe in our midst. For birdsong and wind, for blue skies and sun, for trees and green grasses, reminding us of our place in the community of things, we give you thanks. We give thanks for those who remind us of the truth, love, and freedom living within us. Those who invite us to look again when we've distorted prophetic voices into something more palatable, less disturbing to our privilege and convenience. Holy One, you have searched us and know us. We pray for courage that we might walk humbly and release our grasp on power and the appearance of invulnerability. Help us to both listen to and speak truth gracefully. And even in our need to be recognized, help us to be wise in our discernment about those we follow. When reaching for purpose, let us foster hearts full of grace and souls generated by the transformative power of love. Be with those who are convinced of their positions and with those less certain. Be with us as we yearn to live and interact with shared integrity. And now in silence, we continue in prayer.
We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we go forth, we are charged to look for the places where the heavens open up and move us to do the work of compassion, grace, and love.
and may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. Thank you.